0: What's up, addicts? Welcome back to the show. This is episode 57. I think we're going to dedicate this one to none other than Mr. Ken Harvey. Uh, but we got myself, Steve, we got Mr. Ellie, and then we got Big Field joining us tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, Dev and uh, Rod couldn't join us tonight. Uh, they're both uh, working. But let's go ahead and get started. So we're de- dedicated the show tonight to uh, Mr. Ken Harvey, number 57. So we'll let the human uh, dictionary, Redskins dictionary, Mr. Phil, uh,
1: talk about him for a second. Um, Ken Harvey. Ken Harvey is so sorely underrated because he played on a lot of just bad teams during the North Turner rebuild. Um, he was one of the few big free agents we scored at the beginning of the salary cap era. Um, but it's interesting because that's here's a guy who statistically never fell off from one team to the other. Um, he played for us for five years, had 41 and a half sacks, um, was a three-time, uh, pro bowler. And, uh, in his first season with us in, uh, 1994, he had 13 and a half sacks. And, uh, just, he was the definition of an edge rusher, you know, before, the position was called edge. You know, he was an outside linebacker who played with his hand in the dirt and his job was attack the quarterback, you know, try to crash the running game from the outside, just, just in the pocket all the time. That's why, you know, in his entire career, he has one interception in 11 years as a linebacker. He was a guy, his, he attacked the ball from the snap every play. Um, and he was relentless. Um I met Ken Harvey once uh, donating blood up at Redskins Park in the bubble. And uh, I shook his hand and I said, you know, I said, you were a really bright spot during some really dark times for me as a fan. Yep. And he looked at me and with the most genuine look on his face says, that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> so I think, I think he knows that that's how a lot of people remember it. It's like, you know, those teams, you know, that first season was here. We were three and thirteen. You know, he knows you know, we were six and ten the following year, then nine and seven, eight, seven, and one, six and ten. Um, you know, and there were some collapses along the way, missed missed shots at the playoffs, but he was that steady bright spot. You know, he was that that one guy we could point on defense besides Daryl Green and say he's a star. And uh I think he knows the fan base appreciates the fact that he was he was that dude for us.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, Phoenix's loss at the time. Phoenix, oh, yeah. right?
1: Their loss. One even Arizona.
0: No, I just remember the battles. You know, them being in the NFC East. The mm-hmm. first game I ever went to, I saw Heath Shuler play the Phoenix Cardinals, and it was so bad. I think Brian Mitchell might have come in that game for a little spell, <laughs> but it, it it was so bad. But all right, appreciate that, Phil. Eli, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm
2: doing great, and I, doing I, I I'm doing great, man. I met Ken Harvey once too. He was. The 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 skins come to my job every now and then to film some of their shows that they did when they were on uh did some of that. I don't know if they still do it, the Tony McGee show. Um so I occasionally I'll just be in the elevator and I'll turn around and be a couple of Redskins players in there or Washington football team players. Ken Harvey was in there once. Looks great by the way. like he doesn't age, man. So really happy. Oh yeah. You no, know, that dude's doing great, man.
0: So that's how you get all that insider information, <laughs> and Finally, it took 57 episodes to figure out. Here we out. go. <laughs> now, but it's an exciting time right now. We are a few days away from the legal tampering period on the 15th. Uh, another two days after that, the official starter free agency. And now we're up to pro days. Yeah. Starting, you know, they've already started. So for today's show, what we're going to do is break down some of the pundits' first round mocks for the Washington football team. And I want to give a big shout out to Logan Campbell because, you know, this is 4.0. So this is the fourth version that she's put together, but it puts all the, not every single person, but the big names into one consolidated place on the, on the team website. And it's really helpful for people like us who like to talk about the team so we can see what are the, what are the big, Names thinking about, you know, at 19 for us. So shout out to Logan. Appreciate appreciate that uh, document, that, that, that report. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it. We're going to start on the defensive side of the ball. So we're just going to start right away at the gate. At cornerback, uh, Cynthia Freeland from NFL.com has us picking Patrick Sertain out of Alabama. And she was the only one out of this giant list of people to have us picking him at, at cornerback at 19. So, you know, I'll kick it over to you, Phil. What do you
1: think about a cornerback at, at 19 with our, with our first pick in the draft? I think it's a bit of an outside shot that we go after corner just because of the fact that the team seems to be pretty set on trying to re-sign uh, Ronald Darby. And corner, which we thought was going to be just the position that killed us last season, turned out to be a pretty solid position. Uh, you know, they, they more than did their part, especially considering what we thought they were going to do. Uh, so I don't know if corner is necessarily within the immediate realm of possibility. I mean, if certain guys go that they want before they can get them, or if certain targets turn out to be real disappointments in interviews, or if their pro days just are absolute trash, maybe, but I just look, Patrick 13. His his daddy loved watching him play. I think he'll be a really good NFL corner, too. I just don't think that this is a pr- number one priority position for the teams. So they're not going to spend a number one pick on it. Yeah. How do you feel about the cornerback position, Ellie?
2: Um, well, Cynthia Forland does a lot of analytics for NFL.com and NFL Network for a lot of the fantasy shows. I love what she does. Shout out to her. Um, I like this pick. I don't think it'll happen to a lot of the points that Phil said. I The thing I want to remind everybody is Ronald Darby's year last year was more of an exception than it was the rule for his play. Not that he's bad, but it was especially good for him. So to come into next season expecting that he's going to do the same thing, I think you're misleading yourself a little bit. So there's going to be some regression there. And uh, I don't really know what we have behind him because Moreau is, is, a, is gone basically, right? this pick makes too much sense. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think he will be there. I love the bloodlines. I'm a guy who lets players that have bloodlines and pedigree, right. to come to the NFL. So if this could happen, I would be over the, over the moon, but I don't, I don't see it.
1: Right. Oh, and- I wouldn't hate the pick. I just don't think that for the Redskins or sorry, for the Washington football team draft board, that it's a, the number one position in need. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree, but I will say if they don't sign Ronald Darby, I wouldn't be upset at this pick. I mean, per PFF, he there's and over the past two seasons, no receiver covered by Certain or than more than sixty five yards in a single game. That's that's pretty darn good, being in the college ranks and in the SEC where there's a lot of good wide receivers out there. But if they don't sign Ronald Darby, I, I mean cornerback at 19 is not a not a bad way to go but that kind of transitions us to the second pick which so there was two cornerbacks that was on this mock draft and the second one was jc horn at a university of south carolina gamecocks and two people picked uh this gentleman to come to our team walter cherapinski from if you know walter football they do a lot of good stuff over there and austin gale from from Po football focus so once again i, I mean do your guys opinions change with the position with with it being jc horn versus uh patrick shertain le or same same applies
2: um same applies I, I i think he's more realistic to be available at the at the spot we're picking though so i think that's the one difference and walter football does a great job too i love their site it's so much easier to use than a lot of them out there um i don't know a lot about jc horn but you know coming out of south carolina Stefan Gilmore is from South Carolina, right? The uh, mm-hmm. Patriots cornerback. So there is some um, school pedigree in that regard. So I'd be okay with it. I think if we're going to take corner at this spot, though, I want the elite of the elite, which is Patrick Sertain, or I don't want this guy at all.
1: Yep, I agree. What about you, Phil? Same, same thing? Same thing. You know, uh, J.C. Horn is more likely to be available at that spot, but I don't think he's certain. Uh, I think he's probably about a notch below. And I think that if Sertain's gone, it makes it even less likely we would go corner at that pick just because of who else may be available. Um, Because, you know, Sertain goes before. That means that somebody else got bumped down. Um, So, J.C. Horn, he'll he'll be a starting corner in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. I just don't – between positions in need and – you know, the whole BPA concept going in as well, just J.C. Horn just does not make it tonight at 19.
0: Right. Okay, let's move on to the next position group on defense. And this one's a little more closer to home because I think this one's more relevant, the linebacker core. All right, so <coughs> this was – I say tied for the first most selections at this mock 4.0. And it is none other than the Notre Dame linebacker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. So Charlie Cashley from NFL.com, Luce Ishling from DraftWire, Ben Standing, who we all know and love from The Athletic, Danny Kelly, The Ringer, and Nick Faribault from PFF, all picked Jeremiah to come to the Washington football team at 19. So, Ellie, what's your thoughts on this one? Pass.
2: Hard pass. What? Big-time hard pass. Well, Ben Standing has traditionally been the most accurate mock drafter, uh, if that's a term, that's out there. Year after year, he's right up there. But still, this guy is what would be the uh, NBA version of a combo guard. You know what I'm saying? He's 216 pounds. There's talk about can he play safety at the next level. I I don't like tweeners, man. I'm not a tweener kind of guy. We got Kaliki Hudson.
0: Um, We've had Josh Harvey Clemens. It doesn't work. No, thank you. And we had Sua, and we saw how that worked out on the inverse, you know, safety linebacker. So, okay, I feel
1: you. All right, Phil. What's your thought on Jeremiah? Uh, Same thing. I think he's too undersized uh, to play at the NFL level level linebacker. And we already have a log jam at strong safety um, at guys who, at safeties to play up on the line. I think he's a talent. I think he's an athlete. I think that if he goes to a defense that pl- would play him the best way to get, that they, he can be played, sure. But kind of seeing how our scheme goes and who we have already on the roster, I just don't see him coming here, which is good because honestly um, I'm, I'm, I would have to start calling him Jock because I am not pronouncing that whole name. Right. <laughs> no, I'm
0: with you. and. I kind of have the sentiments from, from the last position group. If I don't know if, if he falls, like kind of like Ellie said, if, if Jeremiah falls, I don't think we need to get him at 19, but transitioning to the next position, the next, uh, the next person, if uh, you know, only one person had him falling and that's Seth Galina at pro football focus from Penn state, Mr. Michael Parsons. Now I believe that there, this only got one vote because, they're not expecting him to fall to 19. Most people are not expecting him to fall um, to the rank of 19. So the only, only one person voted for Micah Parsons, but like Elise said, if Micah Parsons fall to number 19, I would totally be okay with them taking him at 19. Now it, it, you know, it's another defender. It's there's probably higher positions in need. I wouldn't be upset if they pick Micah Parsons. Now I would like for them to pick someone else, but he's a beast. I don't feel, what, what do you
1: say? If Micah Parsons falls to 19, I want us on that pick. I mean, they give you, what, 15 minutes to draft a player, 10 minutes to draft a player in the first round. In two minutes, his name should be submitted up there. It should be the fastest move they make. Because even though we do have some positions of maybe a little more pressing need, that guy's a stud. He will be a fantastic linebacker because he can do it all. And he's, you know, he can play both in a two and three man linebacking set. The only way this doesn't happen is if we get aggressive on linebacker and free agency, not expecting him to fall that far. And there are some free agent linebackers out there that you can get for a pretty good price. That's the only way I wouldn't pull. If I've already went and got like, Van Noy and Matt Milano in free agency. I'm not touching Micah Parsons because I've already invested in linebacker, but if they haven't, or maybe they've only got one of those guys, and they still feel they need a third backer, someone to play in the middle. Boom. I'm getting Micah Parsons. I'm sorry, that kid's too good. I think Milano just re-signed with Buffalo. If I'm not mistaken, did he he hadn't yeah. as up this morning. That's why yeah, he did yeah. he got $40 million, 24 million guaranteed or something. Go get yours, bro. Good go, lord! Go, go I you. thought we were, I thought he was going to be available cheap just because there was some injury history there. Man, oops! All right, that's what I get for thinking.
0: <laughs> you got any thoughts on Micah Ellie? Oh
2: yeah, same thing. You got to run to the podium. It's that simple. I mean, this guy has a potential to be something we haven't had since London. Not- he, he has to be a lot better than London I mean London yeah. was great you know yeah. because of his heart and his desire this guy has the tools and potentially the heart and desire to go with it so this would be
0: stellar yeah you get that general on defense that we just don't have calling a yeah. place okay next up land last one off this mock 4.0 for the for the defense is safety out of TCU Texas Christian University Trevor Morig Woodard uh, only one person, Chris Burke Athletic, picked him. Uh, I'm not a fan of the safety pick at all. Uh, this means this must mean something that they must not have faith in Landon. Uh, but yeah, anybody, y'all have any thoughts on uh, a safety pick, Le? What you got?
2: I don't like safeties that don't come from big time schools. And TCU is a, is a relatively big time program, but I want the Clemson's, the Alabama's, you know, programs like that. If you played. Super soft teams on your schedule. I don't want you. He's six two, two oh three. Again, smallish. That's a DB size for yeah, me. It's a cornerback. I don't want that. I don't want that, especially if it's somebody who's going to try to be physical. Jack Del Rio's defense. We switch responsibilities of safeties. Most NFL defenses do. So at some point, he's going to be down in the box. I'll pass.
0: Right. How about you, Phil?
1: Yeah, he's more of a traditional free safety. And if we do have a needed safety, it's probably more at the free. But you can you don't necessarily need to find a free safety in the first round. There's so many more areas where we can that we can address more competently in the first round than safety um fine player I don't know I, I, he's not overrated or anything. I just don't think that he's in a need and if you're if 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 you don't have like a Mike Parsons falling. Falling that far, you need to look at needs just as much as you look at best player available.
0: Right. I mean, I just for, you know, not to go off topic, but I hope that they fulfill all their needs in free agency and they can go best player available in the draft. But, you know, it's a crapshoot. We'll see what happens. We still do have Shazer Everett back there at safety coming off that injury, but I think I'm, I'm OK with him. You know, like I said, we talked about it before another pod. Find a way to get DeShazer, Cam and Landon on the field at the same time. That's, that's yeah.
2: a key to success. Let me, let, me, let me read this to you real quick, and you tell me who this reminds you of. Can be a little nonchalant finding position post-snap. Will take the bait on double moves. Needs more consistent eye balance from slot or near the line. Issues over three years with angles too steep to the football, late to diagnose runs. This is Troy Apke. Yes. <laughs> where, yes.
0: Where is Dev? This is his boy, Troy Apke. Right. The man we've been grilling
1: so if if the Shades are Everett is Black Reed Dowdy, is, uh, is this is, is this is this dude Black Troy Apke? He's Black Troy Apke. <laughs> Sounds like it. You,
0: you had me at angles. <laughs> All right, now for the fun part. Let's get over to the offensive side. All right, so we're gonna start off with the number. One most selected person out of this mock draft. I mean, at first I thought it was Jeremiah, but he's number two. Number one, <clears throat> chosen by Mel Kyber from ESPN, Daniel Jeremiah, Jordan, Jordan uh, Reed from the Draft Network, Ryan Wilson from CBS Sports, Josh Edwards from CBS Sports, and Anthony Treesh from PFF. From Virginia Tech, the Hokies offensive tackle Christian Derisal at 19. That was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those personnel picked him at 19. So, Phil, our our lineman guy, what
1: say you at Christian Durasaw at 19? It makes sense. It fills a need. He's a guy who can step on the field and start day one at a position where, one way or another, all right, unless there's some lefty out there that I don't know about that we're looking at, um, you need that blind side protected on the left side. And Saul can do that. No sacks allowed in three years. And this is a guy who's going up against the Clemsons of the world three years in a row. All right. He's played against quality competition and shown this ability to protect the quarterback. And that's the most important thing right now is that we want to make sure that – whoever we have taking steps under center has time because any quarterback who has time can beat you. Um, I think that with, and I think he's stepping into a good position and that's in this sense too. Our offensive line played way above its supposed talent level last season. Credit the coaching staff, the offensive line coaching for that. Um, and credit some of the leadership there. And he's going to have some guys who are going to probably keep him, Disciplined and in line, in Morgan Moses, Brandon Sheriff, Chase Ruij, guys who have been there for a while, and they're gonna they're gonna you know make him gel with the rest of the line. So I think that that it's a, it's a great pick. If it, it fills a need, he's a talented ball player, and you know you know me, I like my lineman anyway, especially left tackle. I played left tackle, there you go. so. <laughs> <laughs> got a soft spot for those guys and i think that derisaw is is probably the most likely pick unless someone like a mark mike parsons falls to 19 um so yeah get him. what do you think about Darisaw at 19 Ellie? let me give you these numbers yep.
2: 4 10 11 13 18 that those are the draft picks last year that took offensive tackles in the first round ahead of the 19th pick overall. He's not going to be there. Yeah. It's not happening. Um, at, at first I was thinking we didn't need an no offensive tackle. Then I remembered we don't have one on the left side, right? Because uh, we were counting on um, uh, what's his name, city, buddy. We got city last Char- year city Charles, city Charles. And it sounds like they might move him inside potentially. Uh, so this is a need for us. You will know very early if we're going to target this position in the draft by what we do in free agency, though. If we go out and get maybe the guy from the Chiefs that got released or something like that, you can scratch this off the board right away. But right. Uh, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, and I think this mock will change after clearly after free agency. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fully with you. And there's no way that uh, Penny Sewells will fall to 19 either. Like you said, these offensive – these left tackles are critical. And if we get the play that we got from uh, – Cornelius Lucas last year at left tackle and um, uh, who was, who was the other guy that was in there? Not, not Steve Charles, but um, no, no Lucas played left tackle. So yeah, if we can get the play out of him, that, that, that was serviceable, you know, it wasn't a long-term solution. So I'm with it. I'm not upset. This is a great pick. Plus I'm, I'm a big Hokie fan. So uh, it would be great for me. All right. Now we're up to the quarterback. We have two quarterbacks being mocked to us at 19. Uh, and we'll start with Mac Jones out of Alabama. So MJD, Maurice Jones Drew at NFL.com, and a man who I respect very much, Bucky Brooks from NFL.com, has us picking Mac Jones at 19. Ellie. Ellie. I I know your, I know your thoughts on Mac Jones, but I want to hear you tell everyone your thoughts on Mac Jones.
2: I'm going to put this out there. I listened to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah's moving the sticks podcast. And what they said about Mac Jones was what does he do? Well, there's nothing or what does he do at an elite level? And it was nothing. He just, he has elite brain processing when it comes to uh, understanding the offense and knowing where to go with the ball. That's backup quarterback material. That's fantastic. You don't do anything well physic or anything at elite level physically, you're not going to succeed in the NFL. This is a H A R D P A S S. No thank you.
0: Yeah. that it only works if you're Peyton Manning in your final year of your football career. You're so smart that your physical abilities are limited, but you you're so smart you know where to go with the ball. But exactly. Yeah. What do you think about Mac Jonesville?
1: Any quarterback who has who goes through college with that much offensive talent around them. And really, I mean, just he, you, you still look at and you question him, tells you a lot about that guy. Um, And he had elite offensive talent all around him, and people still have questions about his abilities. All right. I'm not a fan of dad bod quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> unless you're Tom Brady. Unless you're Tom Brady. But even Tom Brady, Tom Brady just looked like a skinny dude. Yeah. You know, he, Mac Jones got a paunch. All right. And I say that as somebody who's wearing a shirt that says thick boy club. <laughs> it. So no, I got no need for Mac Jones anywhere on this roster. And if he turns out to be the next Tom Brady, I was wrong. I, I do still don't want him. I'm not, I don't play this. Well, what if game? I'm not playing it with Taylor Heineke and I'm not playing it with Mac Jones.
0: Right. I mean, and, and that's okay. That that's a good opinion to have. That there's nothing wrong with it. I share that same opinion with you. I mean, Mac Jones is not the guy at 19. Just I I I I, I hate when I see it. You hate to see it, but you still see it. Uh, and he had Devontae Smith. He had Jalen Weddell. He had Najee Harris. Those people were amazing. So yeah, I, I, I share the same sentiment with you guys. All right. The next quarterback mock to us at 19 at a North Dakota state Carson Wentz alma mater, Tom Fornelli at CBS sports and Dane Brugler at the athletic had us getting Trey Lance at 19. I, for one would be very happy with this. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I feel that he'll be gone before then, but you know, late breaking news. We just heard in the last hour and a half, 90 minutes Uh, that Martin Mayhew and Scott Turner will be at this pro day tomorrow. So if you're listening to this 12 o'clock Eastern standard time, it'll be on the NFL network. They should replay it lots of times. This is one of the live uh, path to the draft specials they're having on NFL network. And they're not doing it for every team. They're only doing it for a a few select uh, a few select teams. So if you get a chance, you know, you you need to go watch this because there's going to be limited opportunities for you to see these pro days they're having. So Go check it out. So, uh, Phil, what do you think about uh, Trey Lance at 19? Um,
1: Trey Lance is intriguing. I just – this is the same college that gave us Carson Wentz, who some people love and some people think he's – Overrated trash. I tend to lean towards the latter, long term speaking. Um, with Wentz, Trey Lance was—I mean, he put up fantastic numbers with second-rate, you know, players around him. He didn't have elite players around him, but he wasn't playing elite players either. So it's kind of hard to gauge how he'll deal on the second level or on the next level at the pro game. Um, it'd be one of the, it, 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 it would be high risk, high reward with Trey Lance. You, I mean, you know, you may have a true studded quarterback, or you may just be taking a whiff on, on a lot of potential, but not necessarily, or a, a lot of believed pers- perceived potential, but not necessarily, Actual potential. It's so hard to, to, to grade him. You watch him play; there's a lot to lot to like when you watch him. You're like, "Wow, this kid's really good," but then you got to take into account who he's playing with and who he's playing against, and it, it, it's it's kind of hard to judge. So, you know, and I guess that's why I'm not in a QB coach or a scout in the NFL. Ellie Trey Lance, talk to us.
2: I like him. Uh, his NFL comp is Cam Newton. Um, i I think there's a decent likelihood that he's there around pick number fifteen where we could make a move to get him. I don't think it'll be there at nineteen um I wouldn't do it if it were me just because I think that you know we we're gonna talk about some players later. I think in the next couple of picks I think would probably make more sense to address at this position. Uh, or at that point in the draft. I like the kid, though. I really do. I think his floor is a little higher than people are giving him credit for. I don't think he's a bust candidate. I just think he's not what you might think he is type of guy where you'd have to find an offense that works for him. That's the floor. And then I think, you know, he can progress over the years more in the mold of Josh Allen. Josh Allen struggled a lot with some things his rookie year, but his legs kept him in it. And then as he gets older, he'll progress and grow in that. And then you have to see what you have. But I would not make, him the choice at 19
0: right I I agree with your sentiment I I would make him the pick at 19 if is he if he's available but I I agree with you I think you're going to have to move up to get him at least to 15 maybe ish if not more depending on what happens in in free agency and stuff but and clearly not a day one draft candidate but you know this fan base is going to be clamoring for him if he gets picked up in the first round and clearly, I don't think that's in the plans for, for Ron Rivera and Scott Turner. I think they're set with between Kyle and, and Taylor. And I don't know. We'll see what happens in free agency next week. So, well, more to follow. We'll probably revisit this thought here very shortly. But I like Trey Lance. He's also a baseball player, which is huge in the NFL. Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, that, you know, they have that ability to make those weird angle throws and it just works for them and also the ability to slide which is you know very important and like you said his legs can help compensate for his lack of maybe picking up reads or just like Lamar Jackson like Josh Allen so I do like that about him and I wouldn't be upset at at 19 if they got him but I think I'll definitely have to go up if they want to get him okay now moving on to the wide receiver group uh, there is five of them, so we're going to kind of group these all together, and then I just want to hear your thoughts on the wide receiver group in general, and if any of these five individuals kind of jump out at you in particular. So we're starting off with Kadarius Tony, out of the University of Florida. That was Todd McShay, Vinnie Iyer from Sporting News, Chris Trespasser from CBS, and Matt Miller from the Draft Scout, Jalen Waddle, who we talked about earlier, out of Alabama, uh, Chad Reuter at NFL.com. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, who honestly, I don't know much about. Uh, Lance Zerline from NFL.com had us picking him. Rondale Moore from Purdue. Uh, Pete Prisco from CBS Sports had him falling to us. And this gentleman, Rashad Bateman, who I, I do like uh, from Minnesota. Uh, Nate Davis from USA Today and Jason McIntyre from Fox Sports had us picking him. So that's the rounding out of the wide receiver group of people. So, uh, Phil, what do you think about the the wide receiver pick at, at 19 and any about those, those five guys we just spoke about
1: if you can't get a derisaw or micah parsons you have wide receiver choices and you can always use wide receivers a position where you have multiple ones on the field so you know you can you don't necessarily have to go look at oh we need one no you can always get another um but honestly Waddle, Bateman would be probably the two I'd put as my first candidates. Tony, the more I look at some of the stuff he's done and look at film on him, the more I kind of put him on like a second tier below those two, um, especially for what we're looking to do on offense. Um, And uh, more, well, both of the Moors, I'm not particularly that high on. I mean they they may go, but i'm not neither one is so that's to me for what I've seen so far, so waddle and Bateman are probably be my top two choices out of that group, but I don't necessarily think we that wide receiver is gonna be the way we go unless we just have no other options on our board that we're chasing, okay, Ellie,
0: what say you? Um,
2: I think this is actually the most likely position that we take because of the depth of the position and likelihood that a top level one will be available where we pick and why receivers contribute in offenses as rookies, right? I think they're going to be looking for guys that they, they can impact right away. Um, so linebackers hit or miss tackles are usually fairly good quarterbacks. If it's Trey Lance, you're probably not going to see a lot rookie year, um, of the guys on this list, I think Jalen Waddle is the only one I'd give serious consideration to because I think he brings what this offense is really missing, and that's somebody who can go get the ball. Just make a play. Kadarius Tony I like, but I, he's a dancer on the inside. I will pass on that. I will see what we have in Steven Sims before I go draft another guy that does similar things that just comes from a bigger program. You know what I mean? Um, Rashad Bateman, I've heard him compared to Tony Mc- or Terry McLaurin. We already have one of those. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, so I would go Waddle or I would think about doing something else with this pick. The one thing I don't see on here or guy, I don't see on here is Armand Ross St. Brown out of USC. He's probably my favorite wide receiver in the draft. Yes, he's a slot, but he's more of the Santana Moss type than what Kadarius Tony is. So I would, I would actually go Armand Ross St. Brown because I think Waddle might be off the board by that point.
0: Wow. I think we kind of all have different varying viewpoints for, for the first time. Uh, I, I also think that of all things being equal, that this should be the pick, uh, wide receiver. And I'll ask you guys that here in a second, as we close out, but I do like Kadarius, Tony at first I was like, no way. Why do we need another Steven Sims? And then I watched some film on him and I listened to some of what the people said. I think this dude is almost a human cheat code. Not only does he fix your, he definitely solidifies your, your, your slot, You could probably put him on the outside, but he's also your kick returner and your punt returner. And you don't have to worry about it. This dude is hand over fist already better than Steven Sims at both of those positions. So you got special teams, your returner, and you got a slot receiver and you could put, I don't know how you use Steven Sims after this. That's a problem, but I think this guy should be what Steven Sims, what we want Steven Sims to be. And I hate to draft another person, but, I just, I just see so much potential in in Canarius Tony, and he's so shifty on the field. You're right, Ellie, He does dance, but for a smaller guy, he's very strong. He makes people miss. It kind of reminds you like Terry McLaurin does when he gets through a crowd. But we'll see. I like Kadarius Tony, but my thoughts. So I want to end this here. You know, as we transition out of this, to hear. So we've talked about a lot of people, right? And let's just say, you know, for the for all intents and purposes of this question at 19 of all the people we just talked about, if you're Martin Mayhew, if you're Ron Rivera, if you're Scott Turner, if you are, um, uh, who's the the guy I'm forgetting of the Marty, uh, uh, Marty Herney, if you are, you know, that brand of people, who are you picking at? Ellie, or excuse me, uh, Ellie, who are you picking at 19 with all the people we just talked about?
2: All right. Um, not Kadarius Tony, because as Phil always says, our best slot receiver on the team is who, Phil? JD McKissick. JD McKissick, who can do everything Kadarius Tony can do. We don't need him. Yes. Very um true. if if Waddle's available, that's my pick. Of all the people we went through and talked about, that guy brings a different dynamic to the offense that we are sorely needing. I'm I'm sprinting to the to the uh to the podium to take this guy. I know Parsons would be a close second. I just don't think there's any realism in him being available there. So I'm not even going to entertain that thought.
0: Right. And I, and I think the reason why only one person picked Jalen Waddle is because people don't think he's going to be there at 19, just like Michael Parsons. So I, I feel you on that one. Phil. Uh, so Ellie gave us his one and two. He, so he said Waddle and, and Parsons there. What's, what, what is your one and two in this scenario that we just talked about?
1: Parsons is number one just because he is the best player in that entire list. Um, and he fills an immediate need. So Parsons, number one. Waddle, number two. And since there's, it's unlikely that either one of those is going to be available, Darisaw, number three. Okay.
0: I'm going to close it out, and I'm going to say Parsons at number one don't think he's going to be there. I'm going to go Trey Lance with the second pick. Also, I don't think he's going to be there, but those are the two people that I want. Um, I just think having the mobile quarterback can make up for so many deficiencies we have, and there's no, no rush to play him uh, next year. And with the defense pretty much being the same, you know, it'll, it'll be exciting if we pick up Parsons or Lance, that's just my pick. So, well, fellas, this was fun. Um, once again, I want to give a big shout-out to to Logan Campbell for putting this all together for Mock Draft 4.0. Uh, hopefully, we can have at least two more of these before the draft, uh, depending on how free agency goes and the frequency of which they put those out. So we'll probably revisit this again because it, of all these picks, all these people have changed their picks throughout each of these mocks. So this is great content to continue to talk about as we go moving forward. So uh, so let's go to shout-outs here. Ellie, you got any shout-outs before we uh, – Close this bad boy out. Shout out to Rod. Shout out to Dev. Shout
2: out to Phil. Shout out to Steve. Shout out to the Washington football team addicts, the NWO
1: of Washington football team podcast. What you got, Phil? Shout out to us for being, uh, you know, the the high talent and low recognition podcast in the Washington football universe. Um, Shout out to Logan Campbell for compiling all this information. Putting it out there, I know you're a JMU girl, Logan. If you ever come back to campus, let me know. I'll buy you a drink for all your efforts. There we go. again I and, work in Harrisonburg. You know, there
0: you go. <laughs> and yeah, we, we're going to give the big shout out. shout out to uh, the Washington Football Addicts uh, Facebook group because man, it's popping in there. It we're we're up to about 120 members a week now mm-hmm. um, you know you post one thing in there you get a billion replies and it is just phenomenal to see that so i think it's finally on that a point where it's, you know the group is growing very quickly and we really appreciate uh, all the great discussion we have in there because you know we like to pride ourselves in, in about smart discussion not selfies not taking <laughs> pictures not you know Hoorah rah, everything's great. It's just it's about football discussion. And we love it in there. We love it, y'all Bringing the fire, uh edging every day. So we got a great show lined up for you Saturday evening. And uh we're not gonna we're not gonna break it just yet. So we'll 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 let you know as we get closer and uh got a new segment coming up for you guys. So uh with that being said, we'll I mean, catch I mean, you guys on Saturday. Oh, what you got? You got something else? I just want to say, guys, watch the football team fans
2: on Twitter have some tact. Julie Donaldson posted something like Tune oh, into Good Morning Football at 9 15. I'm joining the show for uh, uh was it Women's History Month and of course a Little Washington NFL and a guy on Twitter named Blesskins says, You and Kams want to join me for lunch on my private boat? And Julie response said nope, we'll have to pass on this.
1: Oh Guys,
2: come on. Everything we just <laughs> do
0: as an organization, maybe now's not the time. Yeah, we're trying to move forward not backwards. Come yes. on. I know a lot of us are jaded from years of abuse, but I think we've turned a new page. I really think we have. So
1: that being said, if Julie Donaldson hears his podcast, we'd love to have you on and yeah. have just been honest football conversation. That's right. That's right.
0: All right. Well, we'll catch you guys Saturday. Peace.